0: okay shaking it out i'm ready to go and three and two and one welcome back to matthew mcconaughey's podcast that he's never heard of this is matt Men, the podcast we're going to talk movies we're going to talk in decent Proposal today, among other things. So get excited about that. Matt, do you want to tell anybody off the top what to be excited about for the show today? Um,
1: we might not talk that much about Netflix. Yay! Actually, I take that back. I just No, we will. We will. We will. Never mind.
0: All right. So that's how the show starts off today. Matt is lying to you. I'm here for the truth. We'll find ourselves somewhere in the middle, and we'll work it all out this is the show where we talk about movies and all things movies business good bad and the rest of things matt i'm just gonna dive right into it start right off at the top of the greatest news slash the worst news in the history of news they're doing a roadhouse remake matt let's start first with the original roadhouse where do you stand on the patrick swayze version
1: okay so it's kind of hard to talk about a movie like this because it comes from a time with different movies it comes from a time of uh stuff like uh tango and cash
0: you yes, know indeed
1: you cannot take these movies seriously even though the movies take themselves a hundred percent seriously and that's where a lot of the humor comes from because in any other movie you know Sam Elliott going, you yeah, know, you ain't going to be holding my dick or whatever that line is. Uh-huh. Makes no sense. Right. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense in this, but it doesn't matter. It's all about the machismo. He said, Nick, you know, in a mm-hmm. low growling voice. So it's an awesome line. Right. OK, so. I enjoy Roadhouse. I understand why people dig it, but I don't know if we can call it, you know, a, a great film is it a good example of that kind of movie for sure you know if you're going to take a look at those kinds of movies it's definitely in the top five top ten
0: and it makes me sad that we don't we can't do that anymore because this idea like you said they took it very seriously we all laughed at it and it kind of worked that way like there's yeah. too much inside baseball going on now they just can't make a movie like that anymore
1: well it's also just you know taste of change like Um, You couldn't release Top Gun as it is and have it be as successful as it was. Sure. And I'm not saying that it's like necessarily like problematic in parts, although it probably is. I haven't watched it forever. Um, But it's just tastes change and stuff that was considered rad to the max, you know, is now really lame. And yeah, I I don't know how it's going to work. Because I don't know if there's, you know, a big, culture right now of subculture of you know biker bars and places like that yeah, and right sure. you know small towns being run by like a guy who's like an evil businessman mm-hmm. you know it seems like there's a lot of that in the 70s and 80s and I don't know if there's a whole lot of that anymore
0: i'm going to give you a newer movie that i feel like fits in this category and you may say abomination but i'm going to try it anyhow it was a movie from 2019 called serenity Starred Matthew McConaughey and that other lady that I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Anne Hathaway. It was so ridiculous, so terrible, so absurd, but it made me laugh so hard. Is that the video they, game one? They took it so seriously. No, that was the one where they there was a boat involved. And, okay, I don't know Serenity then. Yeah, it was magically awful, but in a great way. Because again, they took it very seriously but if you watch this movie in a the theater at all or it, at any point in time, you realize there's no way you can take this movie seriously at all. So I think that if, yeah, No, no,
1: Serenity No, no, Serenity's the one where like, it turns out that uh, they're uh, in a computer game.
0: Oh, right? uh, okay. Yeah, I remember the fish boat. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so we're we both right. Yeah. Yes. You yeah, okay. saw that movie, right? Uh, no, no
1: but, but, but yeah, but the thing is that one doesn't have the overtly uh, masculine Oh, yeah. Uh, like we're all going to flex and drink beer and look at tits C- kind C- of energy yeah. that you had in that. And I think that's like you can't have that kind of energy in a movie now, you know, a movie where it's like, you know, a Hooters came to life, mm-hmm. you know, because that's kind of what, uh, you know, Roadhouse is. Yep. Um. So it's like if you remove that from the equation, it's not really Roadhouse anymore. And who are you going to get that's going to be cooler than uh, Swayze, you know?
0: Right. Uh, no, uh, nobody. Um, is it going to be Zac Efron? No, I mean, they have the list. Uh, Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal is going to be the guy.
1: No, 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 no. Uh, you no. better
0: talk to the studio. I like Hall but <laughs> that, that seems like a mistake. It seems very weird. Doug Lyman is set to direct. Uh, Go is one of uh, my favorite Doug Lyman movies, but he did uh, Live, Die, Repeat, among other things. He's a really great director, so it is interesting for these two people to take on this task, this Herculean task, I think, of being able to remake this movie but still have the same energy as the first one, which I don't, like you said, I don't know how you can do that in 2021. Yeah, I, I, I don't see how it's going to work. It's, uh, it's so weird. So, Go back and watch the classics. Just type up a uh, Stallone or Schwarzenegger. You'll enjoy those much better than anything that's going to be remade. That's what I. Oh, think fun,
1: it is. fun mo- Fun little piece of trivia about yes, that movie. Please. Yes. Um. Okay. So the lead actress in it, um, her husband uh, used to be best friends with uh, Bill Murray, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently, every time Bill Murray would see the movie on TV, he'd call him up and say, "Hey." Guess what I'm watching right now. I'm watching Patrick Swayze bang your wife.
0: Excellent. What a good guy that Bill Murray is. What a what a sweetheart. I heard news this week and I'm kind of curious how you feel about it because I don't think that you're part of this really before. But Movie Pass rises from the ashes maybe. Thinking about coming back to be able to bring Movie Pass back to the people. That is the pass where you pay X number of dollars a month and you can go see all the movies that you want, even though by the end it was only you could see three movies per month that you wanted to do. Since MoviePass has been here, all the other studios now basically have, or all the other theaters basically have the same idea. But I feel like MoviePass probably covers them all. First of all, did you have MoviePass when it, when it came out? No. I didn't think so. That you didn't strike me as that. Is there any way that MoviePass could bring you in as a first-time customer this time? not
1: right now um you know there there's still sick people out there and on top of that uh not a whole lot in the theaters that i'm looking forward to you know um, okay so
0: let yeah, me give you this and idea. a lot of the
1: stuff and a lot of the stuff and a lot of the stuff that i, stuff that I am looking forward to probably not going to be playing at an amc you know
0: movie Pass isn't just amc it doesn't it doesn't all um so let me ask you this question then. So say Movie Pass goes. You know what? We're gonna. Uh, it's gonna be a hundred dollars a year, but if you buy it at Christmas, we can give it to you for fifty dollars. That's what I did with Paramount Plus. Like I don't know if I'd have paid a hundred dollars for it, but you get it to me for fifty. Now we're talking. Is there any kind of discount deal? Because I gotta assume. Oh, actually, I lied. I hope and pray to Jesus Christ in heaven that by next summer we'll be able to basically safely go back to the movies, and so you could use it for all the summer movies of next year. Any deal that could get you suckered in like that?
1: I don't know because things are still so up in the air. Mm-hmm. Not just with the pandemic, but also which movies are going to be released. Because you know, Marvel already pushed back like all of their movies right. in a few months. Right. You know. um So I don't know. Also, let's not forget. You know, people bought movie passes before, and then it went up like it went belly up. So. Yep. You know, who's to say that it's not going to happen in May and then you're out, you know, and I've I've seen two movies in the theater since 2020 started. That's it. So for me right now, it's not I don't I don't think they're going to be able to get me back and again, especially with like a slate. Like my wife and I last night, uh our kids were at my mom's and we were like, oh, let's see what's playing. And it's like nothing. Uh eh. nothing I'm really dying to see in the theater.
0: I'm kind of surprised that last night in Soho didn't get you out. Um, so a movie pass. I remember having this, and for me, it was always weird that the studios didn't get behind it because I watched so many bad movies because I had free movies that I'm supporting, even these shitty movies that the studio are putting out. I don't know why they didn't go. Hey, that's probably a good idea. Maybe we should keep doing that. But no, they fought against it the whole time. Again, they have their own things now, or at least the, the uh, movie theaters do, you know, in association with the, with the uh, studios, I'm sure. But this was a great idea. Like, Serenity saw that with Movie Pass, Never would have watched that otherwise. I don't think I would have ever watched that, even if I do like a good, bad movie. But because I had a free movie, I was going to the theater. I was also going to the theater. Now, I myself wasn't buying popcorn or concession stands, but most people were. They saw it as a value. Oh, I got movie pass for super cheap so I could spend that extra money to be able to buy that other, you know, the $10 popcorn or right. whatever. Why was that never something that was supported?
1: Well, that's another, the popcorn thing's actually really funny because you saw what AMC is doing now.
0: What's what's that?
1: AMC has expanded into the popcorn business.
0: Oh, not the weird yeah. business to get so, into. Even,
1: so even there, and you know, for years before it closed down here, Our dollar theater would say, hey, 50 cent movies, not even a dollar, 50 cent. The catch is you have to buy at least a medium popcorn.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. So I think, you know, even AMC is kind of seeing the writing on the wall. And you mentioned last night in Soho. I think part of my problem is, um, you know, we've talked about this before. um, You know, you you obviously go to the theater more now than I do. You know, Mm -hmm. I used to go you know, three, four times a week. Right. But, you know, having a job that keeps me fairly busy and kids, you know, I have to be kind of strategic on what I go see. And the problem is when you have the issues that I've had with, you know, clientele at theaters. Yeah, right. On their phones, texting, coughing, farting, and literally spitting onto the floor right next to me during midsummer, not even you know, like Transformers Nine, you know, midsummer, uh, you know, an art house horror flick. Right. Um when you take that and then factor in that most theaters around where I am uh lack really good projection.
0: Which is brutal. Yeah that's that's rough sometimes.
1: And it's all digital. Yeah you know and like they don't even crop down the uh, screen to like the the proper aspect ratio.
0: Right? Oh, that drives if me crazy.
1: You know, so it's just you know empty empty screen, right? So if you factor all that stuff in, uh, and I'm not seeing it on film, like you know when they had um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on film, that's something I didn't want to miss because it's it's different. I right. can't get that at home, but I've got a very large nice 4k tv in my living room and if i sit middle or back at these theaters that already have small screens it's gonna look the exact same as if i'm at home
0: i love that we continue to disagree about this and and i most people are your way completely i completely understand that i respect that no problems at all but for me even if there's four people in the theater I love to be there to feel that energy of the people and to see how they respond and where they're laughing. And I I know you do,
1: too. I do, do too. It's just the people have ruined the experience. Right. Like, the people have 100% ruined the experience. There was, uh, I don't know if you saw, Alamo Drafthouse just this week released uh, a PSA that they have, you know, about don't text during the movie. And it was a voicemail of someone from last week who got kicked out of one of their theaters for texting. And she's screaming Are you and sure she's not mean. Old? Uh, they've done it before, but they just released this one on Twitter last Yeah, And it's like, you can't tell me not to text. This is a free country. And it's like, you're in a theater. Yeah. Like this is what you're supposed like, this is part of the societal contract. You're supposed to shut the fuck up when you go into a theater. And people just don't do it anymore. And if I was in LA, this would be hundred percent different. I would be supporting you know new beverly arc light you know i love going to the you know the lemley five like i love going to all these places because people knew how to act in the theater but down here this is a place where you know when i went to go and this is years ago now but when i went to go see um there will be blood only one theater in north texas played it. one theater and i went there and the movie was literally out of focus and we had to tell them they didn't do anything Talked with the manager on the way out and she said, well, I checked and it was in focus. And I'm like, look, look, I don't want to be that guy, but like, <laughs> I'm visiting from LA and my, this is literally my job yeah. is to make stuff like that. I can tell you this is out of focus. This isn't like soft film, you know, it's yeah. not, not just old lenses. This is literally out of focus. And she's like, do you want to rain check? It's like, no, I'm never coming back here. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you can't tell me, if you can't look at it and know that it's out of focus, then why am I ever going to come back here? And it's te- not really her fault. She's, you know, she was young, but it's the, it's the lack of care, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I love going to the theater. I miss those great moments. I was talking about this with my wife literally last night, but the, the people here are so terrible that it has driven me away. Again, I went to go see Jurassic park with my kids. It was the last movie I saw in the theater. It was back in Ju- July the guy who sat right next to me slept through half the movie and snored. <laughs> he fell asleep before the movie started and he was with this kid's like how do you fall asleep during jurassic park
0: right
1: it's jurassic park. oh my god
0: yeah sorry, Crazy. sorry. i don't uh, i don't miss texas at all be yeah
1: so you know movie pass would have to if if things were different if this was like the early mid nineties and you had a million movies coming out every week yeah. that were awesome. Yeah. I, I do that early 2000s, still lots of stuff I want to see, but right now there's hardly anything out that I want to see. And when we talk about contenders for this year's, uh, Oscars, it is a sad list. It is a really sad list because before it's been like, how can you only narrow it down to 10? There's so many good movies. And now it's like, uh, we might got three.
0: I don't know about that, my friend. Let us talk about the Oscar race. People are beginning to discuss things. We kind of know the schedule, um, from Have here you seen, have here. you seen the variety list? I have not seen the variety list. Let me click on over there while we talk. Um, yeah, there are some movies for me. There are some movies already that I think are worthy of that. I think that one night in Soho is definitely one of those movies that I was really impressed with. I mean, I think we can go sight unseen and say Licorice Pizza is going to be Oscar-worthy yeah. uh, well, for sure. Var-
1: varieties varieties list right now for contenders. Number one is Belfast.
0: Okay. I haven't seen that yet, but are good things.
1: Power of the Dog, which is a Netflix movie.
0: Mm. Snooze on that. King Richard, which I'm um, really excited I think about they're that. just going
1: with that. I, I'm, I'm sure it'll be good, but I mean, it looks
0: kind of, you know... Yeah, uh, I mean, Dune, yeah, it's going to be one of those licorice. movies that's like um, Walk the Line, you know, it could be like that, but I thought that was a good movie, too.
1: At least Walk the Line has, you know, some some music in it, you know, but I, it's, it, it seems like one of these movies where it's like, okay, you know, we, we, we've seen this before, you know, but may, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Dune, Licorice Pizza, Tick, Tick, Boom, Nightmare Alley, uh, Nightmare Alley, Tragedy of Macbeth, I'm not, I'm actually really looking forward to that. Coda, and the lost daughter. Yeah. Those are their top 10. And like I mean not saying any of these are bad but you know it's it, it's not the best year we've had, you know. Um, Shall we
0: discuss Disney Maybe maybe, maybe this is
1: maybe this is PTA's chance to actually win some stuff. <laughs> God, I
0: because, only hope so, you know.
1: Cuz he always seems to lose to things that he doesn't deserve to.
0: Like right. Uh,
1: Magnolia lost to um uh, what was it? Uh, American Beauty, which mm-hmm. at the time everybody loved. American Beauty. Now everyone's like, "What? We we never liked that." What are you talking about?
0: We always... I was there. People did. Oh,
1: people! People went crazy for it. Um, uh, and then you know, there will be blood. Lost to uh, what was it? Um, no Country for Old Men. And man, that's a toss-up. Yeah, because right? I love I love both. But if I got to go with one or the other, uh, No Country for Old Men is a fantastic film. There Will Be Blood is like the great American novel. Like sure. that is. That's one of that's up there with Citizen Kane. I know you don't like Citizen Kane, but that one is up there. It's like, you know, if you're a film student, you need to watch this, you know, for sure. Um, the master. I don't know how everyone in the master didn't win nine awards each because those are like the greatest performances ever put on film. But this guy never seems to win anything. <laughs> maybe this year being kind of a, an off year due to the pandemic and everything. Maybe he'll actually take home some stuff because this guy has earned it at this point.
0: Oh, for sure. For he has sure. so earned it. Uh, so let's let's talk Dune a little bit. Uh, you know, not good or bad. But for me, I really thought that, um, okay, uh, precursor to that, these are not my kind of movies. So I'm not the best person to be judged on that. But I think in a little ways I am because I could have turned this movie off immediately if I didn't enjoy it. I didn't get to eat food before I went to the movies because my local theater didn't have pizza on Mondays. It's just Tuesdays and the weekends. Nobody told me about that. So it was uh, my belly was empty and I was a little nervous. I was like 30 minutes in, if this doesn't work, I'm leaving. I made it through the whole thing. And that to me is at least, <laughs> at least saying something. I know to say a movie, I uh, made it the whole thing, isn't really meaning anything, but I felt like that it worked. I think a lot of levels that it worked. Am I looking forward to the next one? I mean, I'll probably watch it, but it, I'm not that excited about it but I thought it It kind of worked.
1: It'll probably win visual effects. Um, It'll probably get nominated for uh, music, sound design, sound editing, um, costumes, cinematography. It might win some of those. Um, It might go up for like best adapted screenplay, but I I don't think it deserves it. No. Um, And he might get a best director nom, but I don't think he's going to take it home. No. No. Um but uh you know the, there are other movies I've seen that, you know, uh big budget movies that I've liked a whole lot better. Um I just watched Shang uh Shang-Chi and I thought that was a little long, but uh overall it was a lot of fun. And as someone who loves martial arts movies, it's been a while since we've had a straight up martial arts movie. It really has been. Which which that was. Um I, I dug it, it was fun. Um but yeah, I think Dune's going to get nominated for probably like 12 or 13 awards. Like it's just going to go up for everything because it, it seems to have that kind of response right now.
0: Because... Um, but whether or not, like it might,
1: it might, win, it might win cinematography. Hmm. Um, but then, you know, we're getting into that. Remember when Life of Pi came out and everyone's like, but most of cinematography is digital. Yep. How does this win? And I think we've moved past that to where even though a good deal of what's on screen might not be real, you know, people aren't seeing it that way anymore.
0: Because we are in a down movie year, and I've seen this before, and it's going to make me sad, it. I'm going to tell you right now, you better watch out for this Tick, Tick, Boom movie, because yeah. musicals are the thing. When the movies aren't great, people love to go to the musicals, especially right now. Everything's tough, and so we're going to go to you know some... Then how, thing. You, then how do you
1: explain? Yes, how do you please, explain? Yes. Um, it, it wasn't a failure, but I don't think... Uh, oh, what was it in the Heights did what they wanted it to. Although I thought it was a fantastic, fantastic movie, everyone's already seemed to forget about it. And then we have Tick, Tick, Boom, and right after that, we've got uh, West Side Story.
0: Oh, I forgot that was coming. Boy, I couldn't well, care and less. And West Side Story, life. I think it still
1: holds the record for number of Academy Award wins. You know, for the original. Yeah. And now you're having Steven Spielberg remake it. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't know if like how it's going to compare to the original. All I know is that the trailers they've released, like the visuals, are incredible. You know, when you have the internet going crazy over just one shot from the trailer,
0: yeah.
1: You know, um, that one I think might take some of the heat away from Tick Tick Boom. The one thing that Tick Tick Boom will have going for it, though, is the fact that it's going to be on uh, Netflix.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then again. Is West Side Story Warner Brothers? It is 20th Century.
1: Oh, so, okay. So we got some time before it hits streaming then.
0: Yeah. I don't like uh, musicals. Um, I'm never going to support the musical Twitter. Come after me, boy. You want yeah, some? Yeah, you're wrong on
1: that. You're wrong on that.
0: No, I, I, I'm not I'm not bagging on them. I mean, I can, but I'm not today. Today, I'm just <laughs> saying me personally. I don't enjoy them because it's fucking weird that you're living a a regular life and then everybody starts singing. That's never not going to be weird to me and I'm not going to change my tune on that. Another movie. You
1: had to have been the most depressing kid.
0: Yes, and? (laughs) I'm kind of interested about Spencer. Spencer is going to be the one that I think that is on this list. It's it's on 20. It's all the way down at 20. But I think that's the one on the list that really has some legs. I'm really interested to see what uh, Kristen Sewer is going to do with that. She's one of the greatest actors working right now, um, and that's going to be really interesting. House of Gucci looks banana cakes, and I'm all for that. I love a good Isn't it already cake. out? House of Gucci? No, it's out on the 24th.
1: Oh, okay, because Spencer's already out.
0: Yeah, Spencer's out. House yeah. of Gucci, end of the month.
1: Uh, Spencer, I, I think she'll probably get a nomination, and maybe for, like, costumes, but that that might be it.
0: Yeah, I think she'll be Best Actress. I think she'll get some nominations for
1: that. If and it looks like a lot.
0: House of, House of Gucci came out this week. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. If anything takes um, cinematography away from Dune, it'll probably be um, Macbeth.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Like, every shot I've seen from Macbeth so far, it's just, oh, man, I want this like framed on my wall. Like, it's gorgeous.
0: I'm going to skip the next thing that we had there. We talked a little bit about Shanghai. It's so people, the internet just lost their minds over PTA this week. Cause he said he liked Shanghai and Venom. People are so silly. It doesn't matter. Those if are you fun. Anything movies and about it. Family.
1: Well, not just that. No, no, not, It's not even that people act so weird. Like he and Quentin Tarantino haven't been talking about movies like this for years. Exactly. Right. Like right. Tarantino said like his favorite movie of, I think 2003 Was uh, Alien versus Predator. Yeah. You know, like he loves him some trash. And if you watch his movies, he makes elevated trash, which is great. It's pulp fiction, right? So people aren't getting this, you know? But PTA in his commentary for Boogie Nights, uh, I think it was, yeah, I think it was his commentary for Boogie Nights, said that he went to uh, NYU and he was only there for a few days. And in his first class, the professor said, listen, if you're here to write Terminator 2, you can leave now. We're not going to write Terminator 2. And he said, he thought to himself, what's wrong with Terminator 2? I I like Terminator 2. Right. What if someone in here really wants to make the next Terminator 2? Why are you telling them not to follow that? So he felt it was kind of BS. And then when they were releasing Boogie Nights, they wanted him to release uh, against Lost World, you know, Jurassic Park 2. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they said it was going to be counter-programming. And he told them, there's no counter-programming against Jurassic Park 2. He's like, I'm going to go see Jurassic Park 2 opening weekend. Like, there's no counter-programming to this. And basically had to lie his way to getting it pushed back into the fall. You know, so this guy's been talking about how he likes quote-unquote regular movies forever. Yeah, You know, and, you know, as someone who has kids, I can say there are movies I watch that, you know, I don't love. But when he says we're a... Um, We're a Marvel household. He's including himself and Maya in that, definitely. You know, and what is wrong with enjoying? Like, there have been twenty-four Marvel movies and like five TV series, and they're all good. Like, only one of them's like, like they're all they're all at least base hits, right? No one has has uh, has struck out yet. You know, like they haven't released like a Batman v Superman level. Kind of critical bomb, you know, For, and over 15 years, that's amazing. So, yeah, why wouldn't he like everybody? Likes them, that's what they do. They're in the business of making movies that everyone likes, right? Why wouldn't
0: he like them? People just need to get over themselves. Maybe even Vincent Gallo saw Venom this year. I don't know. Hey, let me ask you a question: Whatever happened to the indecent proposal-level movie? Have that just been phased out completely? <laughs> Are they other places that I'm not seeing them? Why do we not get these anymore? And will we ever get them again?
1: Okay, so, you know, I, I, I talked to you about this the other day because for some reason, some clips from it popped up in my timeline, right? Mm-hmm. And I started looking at it. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is a fun movie. Like, as in, you don't see this kind of movie anymore. And then I started doing a deep dive on it. And let me just go through some facts, okay? Indecent Proposal came out in April, beginning of April of 1993. Oof. In today's money, it made about 507 million dollars. Jesus, <laughs> right? Okay. And the thing, and the movie cost 18 million at the time. That's like, like almost 40 now, you know, which is moderate size, right? And all of that went to the three leads. You know, that, the movie, the, the money, yep. obviously, didn't go anywhere else. Um, so, OK, came out the beginning of April, in between the beginning of April and beginning of June. So two months. Mm-hmm. Here's what came out. The Adventures of Huck Finn, Cop and a Half, Sandlot, Sidekicks, Benny and June, Boiling Point, Indian Summer, This Boy's Life, Who's the Man, Dave, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, Much Ado About Nothing, Lost in Yonkers, Hot Shots Part Do, Sliver, Menace to Society, Cliffhanger, Like Water for Chocolate, Made in America, Super Mario Brothers. That's in the two months when it came out, right? Yep. And it made $506 million. And you're like, well, movies were out for longer. Maybe it had some legs, except two months after it came out, you had Jurassic Park, which made over a billion dollars in today's money. Yep. And the rest of the summer, you had Last Action Hero, Dennis the Menace, House of Cards, Sleepless in Seattle, What's Love Got to Do With It, The Firm son-in-law in the line of fire rookie of the year weekend at bernie's Two free willy hocus pocus another stakeout coneheads poetic justice robin hood men in tights rising sun so i married an axe murderer the fugitive searching for bobby fisher heart and souls the secret garden hard target man without a face that's not comprehensive those are just the ones worth mentioning Yep. so in five months time you have huge movies coming out and this drama <laughs> about adultery and you know love a million dollar proposal made half a billion dollars yep in the midst of all this other stuff and all of these movies made tons of money right mm-hmm. first of all you don't get movies like this released into the theater anymore. you, you really don't you know nope. like house of gucci kind of maybe but it's based on a true story so that's different
0: right kind of cheating yeah
1: And that even seems to be a little bit of a comedy, like a black comedy. You know, this is just a straight-up drama. Mm -hmm. It is a melodrama. Something like this would be like Marriage Story and go straight to Netflix now. It would not make the kind of money that we saw it make. How, How much in
0: 1993 would you say the cast had to do with the amount of people that went to watch it?
1: 100% hundred percent of it yeah. because star power, Anthony Mackie said this a few years ago. He said, no one goes to see an Anthony Mackie movie. They will go to see the Falcon. You know, they're not going to go see a Ben Affleck movie. They're going to go see Batman star power. Isn't what it used to be. Obviously. Um, I think the reason why Tom Cruise hangs on as well as he does is because when you go see a Tom Cruise movie now, it's not like the movie Night and Day or...
0: Um, I saw that in the theater.
1: Or Live, Die, and Repeat you know, or Edge of Tomorrow, whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're good movies, but there's not a hook. Right. Now all he does, not all he does, but what he does now in his movies is do huge stunts. And that's what you go to see. Yep. Got to pause for a second. The wife's coming in. So yeah, it... it it's, it's all about the uh, star power back then. You know, you could have... It's basically, hey, here are these hot people. Are they going to get it on?
0: Right. It, yes, I completely agree. Um, you look at the actors that we have now. I mean, you know, like Chris Pine, Chris Evans. These people are just not they you know even as big a name as they are people aren't going to see them in the theater they're not going to i remember working in the movie theaters and people would literally just come up and go hey give me the brad pitt movie or hey give me the sandra bullock movie it was they didn't even have a clue what the movie's about or the name of it or anything the greatest moment that that ever happened though is a couple old ladies went to see a ryan gosling movie called only god forgives i have never (laughs) seen anybody Leave a theater so fast in my entire life. It was wonderful. It was hilarious. But it's kind of your fault, ladies. It's kind of your fault. While we're at 93, I just don't want to leave 93 without discussing the greatest movie of 1993, which would be Jurassic Park. I can't, list. I can't say no on that. And you would think that I was going to say Last Action Hero or Tombstone but I'm not going to say either one Tombstone was 93 as well? Oh, yep. my God. That is a packed year. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Yeah,
1: Tombstone's my favorite Western, like, hands down. That's just the coolest movie ever made.
0: I'm going to say 1993, the most rewatchable movie. How about that? I agree with your Jurassic Park. No question for me. No question, of course, right? Yeah. But the most rewatchable movie is in the line of fire. I've watched that movie eight thousand times. I love that stupid Clint Eastwood movie.
1: Well, that, oh, that, that's another one that doesn't seem like like the closest thing we have to that now are those those like you know blank has fallen movies yep. like Olympus has fallen or whatever, mm-hmm. Um, and even those like are more action oriented, not like so much a thriller, right? You know? Yeah. And that, that's another thing we might want to take a look at at some point is uh, what, what's the uh, man, that could be a new a new segment. Like, what's the status of and like uh, at, really? what's the status of thrillers? You know.
0: In my house, oh, they're always number one.
1: Oh, yeah. Your house. But like, who's going to watch them now?
0: All right, buddy, let's talk a little bit about that thing that we love so much called independent film. You sent me a yes. video this week uh, with an independent filmmaker talking about Daniel Watts. Daniel Lotz, no. uh talking about distribution, um, how an independent filmmaker is supposed to break through uh, in today's twenty twenty one environment. One of the topics that he suggested was releasing, making it for as cheap as possible, and then releasing it for free. I want to kind okay. of start right there and kind of talk about, you know, you're in the process of making a movie. Like, what do yeah. you think about when you think about giving it for free?
1: Okay, well, so um, it's actually let's go in a little bit on Daniel Watts first. Uh, Daniel Watts has made uh, several of these independent films. Um, Actually, uh, between him and Jim Cummings, kind of kickstarted my my belief in that, like, oh, I could get this out and I can get it seen, you know, my own movie. Right. Um, And he's kind of I I don't know if he coined the term. I I think he might have folk filmmaking is what he calls it. So folk filmmaking like you said it's smaller films and they get released for free online. One of the cool things about releasing them for free online is that you get to control literally all aspects of it and um kind of do what you want with the music yep. too which is fun. And you know with things like uh they have tips now on YouTube to where people can tip you, you know? You can rely on that for income or merch. The cool thing is with YouTube, you can get your movies seen by anybody and everybody. The problem is there's no curation of it.
0: Exactly. Right? Yep.
1: So <coughs> I apologize. So, you know, I, I was talking about this with some people about how, I, you know you had in the 70s you had like the de palmas the Spielberg, scorsese and coppola right you had this group of young guys
0: mm-hmm.
1: basically like they're the new voices in the 80s it was uh did
0: you say uh, de palma don't you ever leave de palma out of that discussion
1: i said he was the first one okay, i mentioned okay, okay. shut up uh, <laughs> uh in the 80s uh you know one of them was um even, even, and Okay, even though he made movies in the 70s, Carpenter basically owned the 80s. For sure. And then, and then you add uh, someone like uh, Robert Zemeckis to it. And you know, those are some of the big, and um, uh, let's go with Landis and Joe Dante. And those yep. were some of the big voices of the 80s. The voices. Right. And in the 90s, indie film <laughs> hit this point where there are a couple of people that made movies that everybody ripped off forever and Mm -hmm. still are. Mm -hmm. Um, I will put Vincent Gallo up there uh, because, you know, God, I I don't know how many ripoffs I've seen of uh, Buffalo 66, you know, but clerks, people are still ripping off that. Um, Reservoir Dogs, you know, you have that batch of filmmakers and Mm -hmm. uh, these people who didn't even go to film school now. You know, um, you add Kevin Smith, who worked at a convenience store, and um, Tarantino, who worked at a video store. Right. And then all of a sudden they blow up, and their first movie is huge. Right. And I was talking with my buddy Sam about this, and I know he listens to the podcast. So, hi, Sam. And he was naming all of these people now who have gotten big from indie film. And it's like, yeah, what happens now usually. You'll have someone who makes uh, an indie film. They get it into a festival. And then immediately, they're thrown into a big tentpole picture, like Colin Trevorrow, you know, going from this tiny little movie most people didn't see, and all of a sudden being given Jurassic World, you know, and that ends up being one of the largest movies of all time. David Lowery,
0: puffed the Magic Dragon.
1: Right. The difference is, majority of people don't see that initial work and their voice is kind of i don't want to say stifled a bit but we don't see them naturally grow right yeah. whereas before these people's early works hit huge and you know their voice continues right
0: and i think we've kind of lost that PTA so, uh, you know we've talked about him plenty today but you know a perfect example
1: right and even though you know, Boogie Nights was a second movie. His first movie was kind of taken away from him. Yeah. You know, and uh, so you can kind of consider Boogie Nights to be his first one. And that thing, you know, hit huge.
0: Yeah. I may go watch it later today.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, um, you know, one thing, you know, about independent film right now is that it's kind of a great time because there's so many movies being made. The downside is there's so many movies being made.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. How do you figure out what to watch, who to watch? Yes, all that stuff.
1: Exactly. So one of the cool things I think about folk filmmaking is that, first of all, like Jim Cummings says, you need to keep the rights to your movies. You know, Like he said, uh, with Thunder Road, they self-distributed the whole thing. And he calls it his retirement plan. Because every time they release a new movie, people go back and they Mm -hmm. get copies of uh, Thunder Road. They stream it. And he says, it's just constant revenue, you know, not might not be huge, but he owns it. And hundred percent of it comes back to him. Right. So, you know, and if I think if you, I think that if you attach yourself to something like folk filmmaking, which I think is probably the closest thing we've had to a film movement in a while, like dogma 95. Yeah. If you attach yourself to folk filmmaking, you do have a little bit of a built-in audience. And when those people see it, they will spread it. So I think something, a movement like folk filmmaking can be a very positive thing. Um, And, you know, I've thought about releasing it that way myself, but it's kind of scary, you know, to say, hey, I've spent all this time and money making something. So I'm just going to give it away and not get anything in return. Um, That's a little bit, that's kind of scary, but that also feeds into what he was saying, make your movies cheaper. Mm -hmm. you know and i i think that if the story is strong enough you can kind of hang with technical limitations like i went to go see that's true uh 28 days later at the arc light and that movie was shot on non-anamorphic
0: xl1 baby video
1: right like the xl1 didn't even have as high a pixel count as the sony pdx 10
0: yep (laughs) right
1: and it looked like it did not look good projected on the arc light but the movie itself the framing the the performances everything was so good i kind of didn't care yep and i think people will hang with you if you focus on the right spots um but again what's the point of that if it's not going to get seen and more and more it seems like festivals might not be the best place to get things seen
0: anymore i'm pretty apprehensive about festivals and and, and the twenty yeah. twenty one day and age i watched a movie there's a so French many movie this week and i'll talk about it in a second but one of the things that i really liked about it it was 62 minutes and so i wonder if as far as indie filmmakers go or smaller films go we should get out of this idea that your film has to be 85 to 100 minutes or whatever this story was told perfectly in 62 minutes boom in and out it looked like a feature film it played like a feature film it was all those things but you don't have to add that extra 20 minutes, you know, being able to just do a little bit less footage. If you can tell your story in that amount of time, I think it's advantageous for a lot yeah. of young filmmakers coming.
1: Well, the, there are a couple of things. One, you know, I, I think the idea of what a movie is, you know, is changing very rapidly. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. With TV being so popular, it's not really like a TV show anymore. It's just a long movie. Yep. Right. And then 2020, one of the scariest movies I've ever seen came out, and it was made during the lockdown. I've t- talked about it before, called Host.
0: Yeah, that was only like 60 minutes, wasn't it? 66 665? 56 minutes. There, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Any longer, and it wouldn't yeah. have worked. I watched
1: it and I'm like, this is this is absolutely perfect. And I think since you know, you no longer have to worry about commercial breaks, and since you know you're not a lot of these movies aren't being in a theater because i think the whole two hour thing is theater time. you yep. factor the time you get up go to the theater you sit there for an hour it doesn't feel like you got your money yeah two hours yes so i think a lot of this can start changing and um I, I don't think a lot of people realize that the cutoff for feature film is only like 43 minutes like technically if it's over 43 it's considered a feature film
0: right I think it has been something that some people have done. Um, I can think of Richard Kelly's first film was 60 Minutes, and that's how come he got to do Donnie Darko. But it's few and far between because it's such a hard sell. Like people before the time that we're in now would have said, well, why don't you just add an extra 20 minutes onto it and we can do it in a future film, blah, blah. You know, that that was always the thinking, the mindset on that. The movie that I watched is called Anonymous Animals, and it was about the conceit. And I think that there are so many interesting conceits that you can do nowadays, that you don't have to worry about extending it out. I was all in once I heard what it was about. I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's, let's you know I, I'm interested to see how you put this together and completed it. But I didn't go, hmm, I wonder what this story is going to be about. I wonder how the character arc is going to be and stuff. And it never came up. I never thought about it while I was watching the movie. And I thought that they, they did such a great job on that. So I many independent really filmmakers can do that. I mean, I think the voices that we have now, have been in this environment for so long that they can tell such interesting stories that weren't either able to be told before or just weren't happening before, you know? Yeah. I'm excited about the future of independent filmmaking, even though it does sound seem a little down right now. I like the idea of releasing it for free. You just got to be careful on the front end <laughs> that you're not, you know, spending yeah. all your money and, you know, going broke on that and stuff. If there's some kind of, yeah, outlet, like, if there was some kind of a group of people that would put money in for these kind of films, that would be really cool too. That's all I've got on the idea. I don't have anything deeper than that. I mean, A
1: twenty four. That's how they started. And exactly. Then, yep. Um, the the one place where independent films are better than most, you know, well funded movies uh, is horror. You know.
0: Yep. Um,
1: and especially like overseas. You know, like small budget horror. And that's kind of what Blumhouse is doing and kind of knocking out of the park with. They're keeping their budgets super low. Like I think uh, Invisible Man cost like 18 million or something. Yeah. Made like 200. Yeah. Like that's that's what you do, right?
0: On the other side of the spectrum, you do have to worry about a situation like Rust, where they did it, try to do it as cheap as possible. And then there were consequences to doing it as cheap as possible. And I think that's. Different in a cheap way. Like they were cheaping out in different ways and just not spending a lot of money, you know?
1: Right. There's a difference in, you know, only writing a couple of locations and minimal characters and then hiring a 24-year-old armorer who had been fired off their previous job for unsafe practices.
0: Yep. Yeah, and then Alec uh, Alec Baldwin making, you know, 50 and then 250. Like, if you're really interested in this product, you're not going to take all that money up front. You know, and yeah. I, how much of that money could have been spent on somebody that wasn't the, that inexperienced person? How many other unexperienced persons were involved in that? You know, they had walkouts before and stuff. So you just, there's a fine line with being cheap and then being uh, cost Smart. effective. Yes. Exactly.
1: Yes. Yes. That's that, that, that situation keeps getting worse and worse the more we hear about it. Because again, he, he was an actor on it, but he also was a producer. Mm-hmm. So the second, you know, people walked out because of, conditions or the fact that hey this gun has gone off three times before you know when it wasn't supposed to as a producer and the biggest name there he probably should have stepped up and said something yeah for sure. but you know we weren't there so we don't know
0: that has been another episode of Mattman podcast the Mattman movies podcast I keep forgetting the new name of our show I think we did a Fantastic job today, other than the fact that my chair is very squeaky today. So I apologize to the listening audience about that. I've been
1: coughing. It's okay.
0: (laughs) Now, at the end of the episode, like we always do, we always want to leave the people with a little something as we go through the week to watch, to enjoy, to hate. If you want to give them something to hate, so I give it to you, I secede the floor to you, Matt. And I say, what should the people watch this week? Uh,
1: If you haven't seen it, uh, Shang-Chi just and the Legend of the Ten Rings or whatever the title is just hit um disney plus and i for like i love um old school hong kong action movies you know call them kung fu if you want but yeah martial arts movies i, I dig martial arts movies and this is a martial arts movie first and foremost and it's a lot of fun and yeah is it perfect Nah, but like it, it's great you know it's, it's it's good and uh yeah watch that
0: excellent I like to give a new and an old. I'm going to start with the old today. I'm going to go back to 2008 to a movie called Doubt, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, The acting in this movie is like the greatest in the history of acting. Like they were, everybody was so good in this movie. I remember when it came out in the theaters, people had some problems with it, but I thought it worked. I think it still works. It was really, really good. If you want to watch an acting masterclass, go watch Doubt and the new movie that I'm going to give you is anonymous animals I, I just mentioned it anonymous with animals the conceit is that what happens in a world where the animals treat the people like the people have always treated the animals
1: oh that would be terrible
0: it is it was so so <laughs> enjoyable such an interesting idea i uh, no dialogue absolutely no dialogue through the whole movie which again is a perfect thing to do in a movie like that the visuals of it i thought looked really good it didn't look cheesy or ridiculous I do like that they stuck with just the animal heads and the rest is just human bodies. So it didn't look too weird. You're not like having a deer walking around or whatever. Um, But yeah, uh, it's a French film. Anonymous Animals. Very interesting. Go watch that as you were. as a Gravity Veritas movie. So they do put out a lot of good works over there. That is the end of the episode. I think that we are excellent. You, sir, are the best. I love having you as a co-host. Is there anything left to tell the people before we go nope excellent go away then See ya. Later.